Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hey everyone, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast, and I'm joined tonight by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And um, just want to thank Clotho, especially <laughs> as you can, as you may be able to tell, we're all kind of battling various stages Oops. of of the plague that's going around, and Clotho unfortunately has it the worst. I think. Oh, I love that we don't have sick leave on podcast. Just, <laughs> yeah. You're it sick. Out. Fuck you. Yeah, listen to our listen to us cough. <laughs> um, so tonight we're going to be discussing a Clash of Kings Tyrion eleven. And with that comes our standard spoiler warnings. We will spoil the books, the show, things that haven't happened on the show that we think might happen on the show, and um, anything else we can possibly think of. I don't think we'll spoil Black Panther. Um, just <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. Scene. I want to. <laughs> so, so we probably are safe from that. Um, standard trigger <laughs> warnings for for rape um, as an al- and misogyny as an Alterian chapters. Um, <laughs> so let's get it on. Uh, so I wanted to give a brief recap since our last Tyrion chapter. Uh, we see that Edmure won his battles in the Fords and forced Tywin to retreat to the southwest, I believe, um, ominously. Theon has captured Winterfell. Arya, with Jacan, oh my God, why can't I say his name? With Jack and Hagar's help, <laughs> freed the northern prisoners at Harrenhal, and she started a new job as Roose Bolton's cupbearer. And Danny saw a bunch of freaky-ass visions in the House of Undying. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> so, was this just the House of the Undying? Yeah, yeah, that's oh. right before this one. So it's really, um, you really get a sense of how Danny's, um, Danny's POV really, like, you lose it for, like, the second half of this book since this was her last one in... Um, oh, right, that week. would be her last. Yeah, we that's pick so up with funny. her. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> In case anybody wondered if I was reading the whole book along with the series, no, clearly not. Uh, so now on to Tyrion. So Tyrion's preparing for battle, and he's sending his mountain clans off into the Kingswood. And you can tell like, he's kind of like, you know, going to miss them, you know, like Shaga and Timmet and all these, you know, all these characters that we've kind of had with him for the last, you know, the last half of Game of Thrones in the first half of this book. Uh, they're off into the Kingswood, basically never to be um, seen again. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he, he evaluates the rest of his forces and he's got, you know, eight hundred cell swords and about six thousand in the city watch. Although Jacelyn Bywater, who apparently cannot tell a lie, is basically like, Yeah, they're from traitors and they're super green <laughs> and if the battle turns bad, we're fucked. Like he's like he's brutally honest. Really, <laughs> he's very brutally honest about the whole thing. Um and you know, he walked I kind of liked the way, though, that Tyrion was talking there about how, like, Tywin had always said that, you know, like, city guards are not the same thing as a standing army. And it was kind of, like, mm-hmm. interesting. It's kind of like the difference between, like, police and, and the actual military or something like that, I mm-hmm. guess. Is mm-hmm. that what they, what they mean? I th- yeah. You know, I think it's that, that you know, I would imagine that the Lannisters, for example, would count on the Lannister troops having some, like, ingrained um, loyalty to them. 
Whereas the city is it, is it is that what it is about loyalty? Because my thing was, I'm just sitting there going, I mean, aren't your armies all just a bunch of peasants that you guys round up and hand swords to? I mean, like, it's well, not like anybody has this huge standing army that does nothing but train and drill right. like full time. True, but I think there's something to be, you know, especially if they're on the defensive, there's something to be said for, you know, these are, you know, my troops from the Westerlands, and they are actively, um, you know, defending the Westerlands. I would hope for, they pay better in the Westerlands for the mm. troops. Although <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the only way they're getting any troops um, in the or any people in the city watch is because they're, you know, feeding them. Uh, yeah, which is a refreshing yeah, change basic. from the rest Ugh. of the people. Right, like we, you know. When Tyrion walks around the city, he can really see that it's kind of a wreck, and the docks are crowded Jeez. because really seafood is the only food that's coming into the city, and you know <sighs> prices are ten times higher than before. And there's kind of this really short little moment where Tyrion, you know, he gets pelted with fish, and I think it's more like so they're gross. just like throwing fish around, <laughs> and fish. you know, he notes that there's these starving children with Ugh. bloated stomachs who are fighting over the scraps of the rotting oh. fish, and it's just you know just chaos really, and. So there's all these, like, dwellings and shops and stalls that are kind of almost getting attached to the city walls, which would obviously make it easier for Stannis to breach them. And it kind of made me think of, um, what are they called in Rio? The Falavos? Oh, uh, yeah, not, yeah. Right. The favelas? The, like, the favelas. Yeah. Yeah, like, built up into the city, or the basically the cities built yeah. up into the mountains like that. Um, it kind of just reminded me of, reminded me of that, and... You know, Tyrion orders Bronn to have everything burnt to kind of Ugh, create the space horrible. between, you know, between the walls and and everything else. And you know, Bronn's like, people are going to hate you, but you know, Tyrion's really making this decision to opt to create order to help the city withstand a siege. And you know, to be to be fair, Tyrion was like, well, you know, give them you know whatever amount of time to get to get all their shit. You know, it's sort of you know one of the necessary evils, I guess, of preparing the city. Yeah, which Tyrion, you know, has a really good beat on. I mean, you know, you wouldn't compare Tyrion to, say, an Edmure Tully or anything, <laughs> really. Right. He doesn't quite have the sentiment there. No. And he's gotten news of Winterfall, of Winterfell falling to Theon Greyjoy, and it, you can tell it kind of makes him feel more vulnerable because he thinks about Winterfell's walls. And it's kind of a cool passage. It's just a short little passage of him thinking about it, which I really liked that I that I wanted to read. Um, he remembered their godswood, the tall sentinels armored in their gray-green needles, the great oaks, the hawthorn and ash and soldier pines, and at the center of the heart tree standing like some pale giant frozen in time. He could almost smell the place, earthy and brooding, the smell of centuries, and he remembered how dark the wood had been even that even by day. That wood was Winterfell. It was the north. I never felt so out of place as I did when I walked there. So much an un, so much an unwelcome intruder. He wondered if the Greyjoys would feel it too. The castle might well be theirs, but never that God's would. Not in a year or ten or fifty. Um, it was just, oh. it was like it really was striking to have Tyrion kind of having these thoughts like that about Winterfell. And yeah, I thought it was really cool, too. And, like, especially if you consider, like, you know, how poor Tyrion's reception was the last time he stopped at Winterfell when, you know, yeah. Rob and everybody were really cold to him. I mean, it's just, it's kind of cool that you can tell that he was kind of impressed about the tie between the Starks and the North, because he, doesn't he say something like, only a Stark could be the yeah. Lord of Winterfell yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's almost hard to read that and not think, well, Tyrion's going to 
I'm sure Tyrion's going to be back in Winterfell. Like, I'm sure he's going to mm. be back in the north. Like, it just seems oh, like yeah. for him to, like, get it. You know, there has to be a reason that he's, or I think there has to be a reason that he's getting it. It just really stuck out as, um, you know, this quite lovely passage in the middle of what is basically a chapter of him essentially having office hours, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, it was cool. And, like, it's just, it. I don't know, it's kind of a cool tie-in, I, I guess, probably more with John than anything. But, you know, eventually it will be a little bit of a tie-in with Sansa, too. You know, clearly Tyrion has kind of right. a a tie to the Starks. And it's, you know, it's striking after, you know, obviously writing up the description for this episode, you know, skimming through the chapter where Theon takes Winterfell and, you know, kind of this, you know, it's just such a strange chapter. It, it's so strange in their, inter, in their interactions of all of this entire group of people. And, um, you know, nothing about it is, there's nothing right. And not like putting a moral, um, a moral judgment on Theon's actions, just like that feeling of like all of these people are in the wrong role in the wrong place. And I think, yeah, that's a good way. You know, this it. this kind this kind of gets to it. Well, I mean, I feel completely free to put like a <laughs> moral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got like the but... wrongness of. Yeah. No, of... I know what you mean. Yeah. No, there there must always be a Stark in Winterfell, and you see that. I mean, by the time we get to dance, like you know, with Ramsay in charge. Literally everything's falling apart. I mean, like, it's just like Winterfell itself is like collapsing in on itself, saying, you know, no, not unless there's a Stark here. So Tyrion goes back to the Red Keep, and he has to deal with some ang- angry traitors whose ships he seized basically for the duration of the war, as well as the ceremony to induct two members of the two new members of the King's Guard, who are um, Sir Balon Swan and Sir Osmond Kettleblack. And I thought, you know, the disc- he goes into Balon Swan and how. You know, his dad basically had one kid in one kid in the city watch, and then one kid supporting Stannis, and then Ren or Renly, and then Stannis. And how if he had another son, I'm sure he would have you know supported Rob Stark. And, <laughs> Spread them out. Yeah, but Tyrion, you know, it's like Tyrion doesn't really begrudge him. It's like, well, you know, whoever wins, we're fine. Like <laughs> he's you know pretty much okay with it. And we see you know later Jamie makes a joke of it too. Yeah. Well, Jamie makes kind of a serious joke of it, which is oh, yeah. you know, like. What do you what do you do if you have to choose between a family member and you know your loyalty to the king? I, I don't know. I still feel, I still feel like Balon Swan is a weird choice for Cersei to make. Obviously, I understand why she chooses. Which kettle black is it that is actually Os- the king's guard? Is it Osmond? Osmond. Osmond. Yeah. Osmond. Uh, okay. I mean, we all know why she chooses him. But. Right. <laughs> and I think you know later we see Balon Swan gives like truthful but. Um, damaging testimony against Tyrion in Tyrion's trial, and I think yeah. you know he's kind of like the uh, he's sort of like the obvious choice, like oh yeah, and so you know to not make him one maybe would I make guess, people question her other choice. It seems like a weird move when you're at war to choose somebody who's like literally got a brother fighting yeah. on the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird move to me. And yeah, it's not like no, it's, it's, it's not like it's somebody really powerful on the other side so that you're making like a power move by doing it or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of a dumb move. I feel like would have been a good way to pull in an ally. How about that? Yeah, yeah. So we find out that Boros Blunt um, has been stripped of his cloak for giving up Tommen so easily to um, the City Watch, and I thought that was interesting. That you know we hear about the Kingsguard serves for life and. Um, Except when they don't, basically. Like, they had no problem stripping Barristan, and now we see that Boros Blunt, although we know he'll get his, make his way back to the Kingsguard. Um, 
Yeah, but everybody says well. this is totally like <laughs> it's like living through the Trump administration. It's like this is totally unprecedented. Right. You don't just remove people from the King's Guard. <laughs> like that's not what you do. I mean, like except it's that, just Cersei. It becomes normal. Right. Ex- yeah. I mean, except now she's done two. So you know, it's like, well, what's a third? Um, so Tyrion meets with the new High Septum Septon and tells him to start spreading his anti-Stannis propaganda, which is mainly that Stannis is going to burn the Great Sept of Baylor if he wins. And then he also gets a letter from Balon Greyjoy proposing an alliance. And then he meets up with Hallen, the pyromancer, who informs him that he's got 13,000 jars of wildfire, which Tyrion's like, fuck you, no you don't. <laughs> um, but basically, there's a couple things going on. And the first one is that their productivity is going through the roof. And the spells that they use to produce the wildfire are working a lot better. So, you know, Helen's like, hey, are there dragons around? <laughs> it's a weird, like, like, it's such a weird conversation. Well, yeah, there must be dragons that you can produce so much more. And Tyrion's kind of like, you're an idiot. Like, I don't believe anything that you're saying. And then um, the other one that I, I might go on a small rant about is they're finding um, caches of Lord Rosserts all over the city. So I just want to, like put to bed this fandom insistence that Jamie's somehow responsible for King Land King's Landing exploding because why didn't he tell anyone about the wildfire when clearly everyone knows about the fucking wildfire like this isn't you know no one is surprised about this. random it's horrors that, falling through you know like things right. and John's falling through was going to was going to use it against the city itself like that is the secret like well and Jamie doesn't know where the caches right. are right and everyone knows that there's caches so it's just like shut the fuck up about this one stupid theory that you're trying to like pin this horrible thing that's going to happen on Jamie I know. Like, it's not so it- just Shut up it's just like, it. you have legitimate gripes that you can bring up against Jamie. Yes. I've never understood why they want to blame him so much. But why didn't he tell anybody about the wildfire? It's like, well... <laughs> Everyone knew about the fucking wildfire. <laughs> well, and he didn't for a reason, because he knew he was afraid of what somebody might fucking do with it. With good yeah, reason to look at what Tyrion and Cersei are doing with it. So it's just... Oh, it's just every time I see this mention, and this is not the only time that there's widespread knowledge of the wildfire that it just enrages me. Um, maybe unreasonably, maybe not. <laughs> so next in, I believe is I don't have her in my notes, but Shay comes in and basically she's like, "Oh my God, I totally want to wear my jewelry." And Tyrion's like, "Well, if you wear your jewelry, they're probably going to figure out that you're not a maid." <laughs> so this is just such a good reinforcement of the fact that. Shay is 100% not on board with Tyrion's plan <laughs> to bring her in the Red Keep as a oh, servant. Oh, man. No. Wear her and I mean, diamond necklace. <laughs> it's also like, at this point, well, I mean, I, I think like Tyrion kind of has some, he's kind of being ridiculous about the whole thing. You know, daddy's he not is. there. He is. He is. And well, and like I keep saying, the safest place for Shay would not be in King's Landing. He should have sent her out, you know, just right. like he did with Tommen. Like, if Except you really love her, if you really care. Yeah. But the truth is, he wants her there so he can fuck her on demand. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, God, gross. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I just don't have much sympathy for it. And it's like, yeah, Shay is, is very mercenary. But it's so funny. I feel like George is just setting up this constant analogy where you have Tyrion constantly assessing everyone's loyalty to him based on whether he's paying them or not. And he's constantly thinking about Bronn and the cell swords and how little he can trust them because he's paying them right. for their loyalty. And it's like, Shay is the same. 
Tyrion. Shay is the same. You're paying her for services. Right. And it's like, how do you not understand that when you make her go be a servant somewhere, when you had her set up in her own house where she was ordering people around, that's not going to be cool. <laughs> I mean, Demoted. like, she's not going to like that. Well, and even just, you know, she owes him nothing more than she gives him. Hmm. And, you know, he he finds that she owes him much more than that. And, you know, yeah, she well, hasn't she hasn't made that debt to the you know she's paid her debts to the Lannisters. Yeah, well, and I mean, like he kind of implies you know that he's going to take care of her and stuff like that, but he's promised Bronn specific things like, oh, you and the Sellswords you're going to get knighthoods. You know what I mean? Like, here is the exact prize you're going to get for your loyalty to me. And it's like Shay has actually asked him to marry her, and he told her no. It's like, you need to give her concrete, you know, something like, hey, I'm going to give you this amount of money in, you know, like a year's time. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm going to give you this go. amount of money and set you, you know, and, you know, like, uh, stick it on like, a boat to Bravo. I'm going to and... need my compensation schedule. I'm going right. to need it now. <laughs> like, she needs a regular paycheck, basically. <laughs> I mean, she does. She really yeah. does. I mean, honestly, because if it were her, let's like, let's say he's paying, let's say he's paying her, a, you know, a certain sum of gold every month. Yeah. You know, plus, you know, paying for the upkeep of her house. So she can be putting money aside. At this point, if she has enough money to start herself up somewhere and get the hell out of town, of course she's going to do that. Well, you know, and don't you think that's why she wants around. her jewels? That's right. why she wants her goddamn jewels. She's oh, yeah, not so yeah. stupid that she doesn't yeah. know that a servant can't have jewels. She knows that. She's not an idiot. Yeah. What she wants is her potable goods. She wants to be able to take off with what little wealth she's got. We're just smart. And it's yeah. like, that's not hard to understand. And it's completely understandable when you understand anything about her and her position, which Tyrion just, like, refuses to do. And. You know, this is what, okay, we're going to, I'm going to get into a show issue, but, you know, him being a slave for such a short period of time and him not meeting Penny as annoying as many people find Penny, you know, he never, he never is going to get, he never gets it. You know, he's never, he's in the show, he's never brought down low enough, frankly. No, no. Yeah. And obviously the relationship with Shay is completely, you know, is really completely different. He is like trying to get her away. Well, he's a much better guy on the show. Yeah. Just, I mean, just all around. Not even just Shay. Right. Just right. on a full stop. Yeah. Agreed. The whitewashing of Tyrion Lannister, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah. soul. laughs> it was... Uh, I mean, he's much less interesting, especially, like, in the last, like, several years of the show when he's literally like had boring, nothing to man. do. You know, like, wow. You made, like, Tyrion super boring. Excellent. He, you made Jamie and... You made the Lannister brothers super uh, boring. That's terrible. And then when you reunited them, you didn't have them talk to each other about their relationship. So, you know, uh. kudos, kudos to you, dumb fucks. Here, have Star Wars. Um, uh. <laughs> sorry. It's just really, it's, you know, it hurts. Um, okay, so Jacelyn Bywater's next report. And I have to say, like, I'm a super big fan of Jacelyn Bywater, which is, you know, kind of sad um, for me. And he says that Tommen's doing well at Rosby, and he's even adopted a fawn. Oh, oh that, story, that story was so sad. Joffrey I killed know, his mother. And Joffrey, like, <gasps> skinned his last pet. Like, Joffrey, what a... Oh. But oh, Tommen, God. what a, like, what an angel. Um and Bywater has instructions of what to do with Tommen in the event that Stannis conquers King's Landing, but he won't tell Tyrion, so Tyrion can't give up the secret if he's captured, which I think gets back to what Chicky was saying. 
um, look at, you know, when Tyrion wants to actively protect someone, is actually thinking about someone other than himself, he's actually, like, take, willing to take some pretty strong actions. He's basically saying, mm-hmm. I will die before I'll give up Tommen, and, you know, torture ain't even going to do it because I don't know. Like, that's uh, kind of what he's right. saying here. And, right. you know, he's certainly not willing to do that for Shay. Like, he's like, I won't go without sex with you for, like, a day, basically. Yeah, sorry you gotta scrub some toilets, but I'm gonna wanna bang you. I would be so bitter about, like, having to do dishes, too. Like, I mean, I could handle the toilets, I guess, but, like, I could do other people's dishes. Uh, I hate doing other people's dishes. Yeah, I mean, but I hate doing my own, too, so I don't know <laughs> if it would be any worse. You know, maybe, like, some slight sweeping I can handle. That'd be <laughs> I don't really like to... We would be that. the worst servants. Oh, my God. Well, didn't they just throw those rushes down on the floor and make more of a mess? Like, <laughs> sop up oh the I don't know if they do that. I mean, Yeah, I, there's just not... Dusty. There's not a lot of household chores. I mean, vacuuming would be fine, but obviously that's not really an option. So. Oh, ironing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nope. Mending clothes. Nope. I could cook. That's what I could do. That would be like the one thing. Um, so anyway, finally we get Varys, and Varys comes in with a list of traitors. And, you know, basically the middle class are conspiring to save themselves in the event that Stannis wins. And, you know, I, I have in my notes, can you blame them? Yeah, I know. And, um, Tyrion's master armor is on the list, so Tyrion's not going to be getting his demon horn helmet, which I'm pretty sad about. But they have this, like, really stupid conversation, which I love, that apparently, like, these the middle-class guys are calling themselves the antler men. <laughs> but Tyr- Tyrion thinks that Stannis has changed his sigil, that Tyrion thinks they should call him the hot hearts. That's awesome, I know. That's awesome. <laughs> was just, I was thinking, like, when we first met the Mountain Clans, I think I did a poll on Twitter about... Um, or a, a quiz on Twitter about like what were the mountain clans and what were bluegrass band names because they're <laughs> the same. And I was I don't know if anyone who listens watches Big Brother, but like one of the traditions is that every every like real season like the alliance will give themselves like stupid names. And I mean they don't think they're stupid, but they're super stupid. Like the Four Horsemen. And, oh my like, gosh. They always have like dumb alliance names, and that's totally what like the, the hot stand hearts. people are. It's like those like the hot hearts that would legit be a big brother alliance. It's <laughs> awesome, and it just kills me. So that um, we end the chapter with Tyrion kind of bemoaning his lack of demon horn helmet. <laughs> so really, a bunch of um, you know, really a bunch of setup for for what's to come. Yeah, you can really feel the battle. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you guys, like, obviously we know everything that's going to happen, but do you still, like, I felt kind of a sense of anticipation reading it. How did, you know, did you guys get that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, compared to some of the other Tyrion chapters, I was like, oh, thank God I'm moderating this one. This is awesome. Yeah, um, this, this wasn't that bad. We're going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, you can really feel it coming. Well, because there's been kind of a countdown. Tyrion's been worried about getting the chain done since whenever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, several chapters. That, we've yeah. Been, yeah, it's just a constant. Is is it going to be done? Is it going to be done? And then it was like, is the wildfire going to be ready? And you know, it's kind of an ongoing. Um, well, yeah, just kind of a constant countdown. Like hearing drums in the distance, I guess, or something like that. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, what have we got? One more chapter of his before we get to the battle, I think. Yeah. Yep. I think one or one or two more chapters. Before we <laughs> Eleven or twelve more chapters before the battle. I think it's one more chat- chapter, and then um, uh, we'll have to. See, you know, I know obviously the battle. We we see a lot of it from Sansa and, and Davos as well. But um, yeah, I mean, really, it's it's also like you remember too how much um, the battle is really the centerpiece of. A Clash of Kings, or at least, you know, the back half of A Clash of Kings, in that it's yeah. really like chapter after chapter of the battle from various perspectives. Which, again, goes into the well, Jamie or Brienne are going to have to die right away because there can't be two POVs anywhere near each other. Because well, that goodness. literally hasn't happened for, like, the entirety of the book um, series. <laughs> so. Yeah, there are, like, three, yeah, three battle chapters looking at this. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, you have to appreciate how this is, like, a... Um, complete book <laughs> complete story like this is a, like Clash of Kings is a standalone book like a Game of Thrones is a standalone book you know I mean which is something that George has lost uh, yeah I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah you know because Danny kind of you know Danny definitely has an ending and um, you know I mean Jamie kind of has a beginning you know that there's some stories that sort of end with the beginning <laughs> more or less but yeah, it, it was interesting. There was a discussion on Twitter this week about um, whether George should have moved some of the chapters from Dance into Winds in order to make room to complete at least one of the battles. And the suggestion was, um, you know, taking the Jamie chapter out of out of A Dance of Dragons, which, you know, first of all, would have just been like, oh, my God, are you fucking devastating to not have that? But, you know, thinking about it, if you left the epilogue in and you left Cersei's chapters in, you would kind of have that Kevin mentioning just you wouldn't have Jamie the whole book until the last chapter when Kevin would mention that he's disappeared and is off with a woman, perhaps the maid of Tarth, which I mean, people would have just screamed at that like line. Yeah. Just, but I think didn't no his problem. editors, I think his editors asked him to put the Jamie chapter. And I think he meant, I don't think he specifically said it was Jamie, but he mentioned that a couple where there are only one or two chapters in dance it was because his editors were very leery of making the, the feast mistake again of leaving uh, out any major POVs. Uh, yeah. And I'll be really frank with you. I probably would have been pretty pissed about it if neither Brienne or Jamie had, well, I mean, had a chapter in 13, dance. Yeah. It's 13 years and counting since um, yeah. pod. Uh, hung up. Terrible. I mean, we're never going to get it. It's yeah. just, I mean, pretty much. Oh God! I did mean, you guys see that thing where he posted that he said he was going to do that 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 uh, Targaryen book? He was going yeah. to oh God, release it before. I mean, we kind of knew that God. was coming. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, he does just. I mean, he doesn't really want to work. Like the thing is, if you really were passionate about it, it would be happening. Uh, it would have already happened. Would have been yeah. written. And I think like you can see that there's sparks of passion once in a while, like. When there was that, um, there was that one annual contest of like various fighters, and it was Jamie and Brienne versus someone that they, you know, obvi- like someone supernatural. So there was no way they could win, but they were, you know, doing well for a while. And George was kind of getting a little bit involved, and you could tell, like, you know, if they win another round of this, he's gonna fucking write fan fiction on it. Like he was really close. Like, the Subudu like, thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. just Jamie. It was actually Jamie, but yeah. I, oh no, no. This that was the earlier one that he wrote with Tyrion, but then it was like two years ago, I think, that it was Jamie. And, it was a um a duos. Oh, was it? And a it was duo? Jamie. Yeah, and it was Jamie and Brienne, and it was against some something that they couldn't beat. But 
he was he was getting interested in it. You kind of tell like, oh my god, he would totally. Yeah, write I mean, some- I'm not like everyone else who thinks he doesn't like the world and hates it and doesn't want to think about it. I just don't think he has any drive to finish it, or yeah. he would be finishing. You know, I mean, like when you when something's in your head and you can't get it out, you just mm. right. You go, I mean, you go, you go till it's out. And I think you know, I, I'm not saying this to drag him. I mean, not that I'm above dragging him, but. It's more like just kind of like a statement of fact to me. It's like, I mean, clearly he just doesn't have the drive to do it or it would be happening. I think we're all better off just kind of accepting that he doesn't have the drive to do it. I feel like he should do it for us, though, because I feel like, you know, he, I mean, he could just do like the Jamie and Brienne stuff. Like, clearly he had like an obsession with it for a while. Leak the chapters that we need. Yeah, I mean, right. And leak like... Leak the f- first one of their chapters from Wins. Leak the bang. We'll, uh, you know, we'll assume the deaths were fine. Just, you know, fill the rest of. Yeah, we can fill in the blanks. You know, it's like one. It's like two chapters, George. It's fine. Can <laughs> imagine they never die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What I hate most about not getting any more Song of Ice and Fire books, like the main series books, is some of these stupid theories that are floating oh, around yeah. that I know stupid but that people accept as like gospel will never be disproven and it pisses me off so much well yeah and it, sometimes it's like the certainty of people about things that they can't possibly be certain about is yeah. what irritates me it's not you can agree with people like yeah I think that probably will happen but I'm so annoyed by your level of certainty about it that I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you out of principle men 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 are always certain about it's things. not even men even it's other you know it's other people as well it's um it's mostly interesting. Men. It's but yeah, you know, you know who you are, it, it is mostly men. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, speaking of other chapters, though, I think it might be a good time to kind of announce a little bit of our upcoming, um, our upcoming schedule. So, you know, as you guys might have noticed, we fucking hate Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna kill ourselves if we have to. Um, if we news. have to keep Breaking going, news, guys. We hate Tyrion. <laughs> So we're going to take a break from Tyrion and pick up A Storm of Swords. It looks like in late summer, most likely. And in the meantime, we're we're going to do some special episodes. We're going to actually do Ashes chapters early this summer. But then um, one of the exciting things we're going to do is about two years ago, I think we did we did some surveying of people's favorite A Song of Ice and Fire chapters. And I made everyone on the podcast pick out their top ten, too and kept it thank god so we're actually going to go through some of our favorite non-jamie and brienne chapters and i i looked at everyone's results and i'm holding people to it and it's really actually going to be awesome because we're hitting povs and books frankly that we never have touched as a group so i think it'll be really fun um you know like oh can i just say how amazing it is and i just really congratulate myself that because of my love for John, I've actually somehow forced podcasts to cover a John chapter. Yeah. And that hell is freezing over. We're, I mean, the very first one we're going to do, spoiler alert, is John 2 from A Dance with Dragons. And um, we'll be doing Davos chapters. There's, a, you know, Theon chapters, Elaine, um, Arya, Bran, uh, Danny. There's like a fucking Danny chapter in there if we go out long enough. Which is like my and spoiler alert, that's my chapter. Um, but it, you know, so it's just it'll be really it'll be exciting. I think and invigorating for us to talk about um, to talk about some of these characters. I think the challenge will just be putting it in context, like putting that chapter in context with the other the rest of the book that we aren't necessarily reading at that exact point in time but for them you know at least like the first go around the chapters are pretty famous chapters so i think um 
I think we'll probably be okay. So I think, um, you know, the first one is John 2, and the next one is, you know, Davos, which I think Clotho was yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, the North remembers, so I think uh, we'll have some really, you know, we'll have really fun chapters. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel like the listeners will be able to tell whose chapter it was based on the enthusiasm <laughs> for it, maybe. Based on know. whose bananas about getting to do it? Yeah, like, I'll just, you know, like, brand three from A Game of Thrones. I'm, like, giddy. About totally Guile. 100% Guile. <laughs> Any of the brand chapters will always probably be mine, and I'll be, like, uh. gross giddy about them. Um, so anyway, and... As always, we are looking for guests for these episodes. Um, yeah. If you are interested, you can reach us at closethedoorend at gmail.com or find us on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here. Um, just let me know you're interested, and we'll send you a schedule with some of those episodes and see what works out. Um, if you think you might be interested in being a guest, and we're always looking for new and exciting guests. And Clotho, do we have any mail yeah, tonight? Yeah, we have a few pieces of mail. We got a Tumblr message from Nellifant. Says, ladies, you have been killing it with these Tyrion episodes. Hearing you groan over misogyny gives me a feeling of anticipation when I think of how done you'll be with da- Tyrion's dance chapters. I'm also <laughs> totally missed. I also totally missed how much of a dickbag Tyrion was when I first read through the books. Now I'm questioning every fic I've read where Tyrion and Brienne are best bros at first sight. I look forward to your right? podcast every what week. What kind of assholes are writing that? <laughs> I, I like every Tyrion I've ever written in fan fiction. I regret. Like, I like know, what the everybody fuck? said it. I know that's the thing. Yeah, I mean that comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's always yeah. like the fun-loving. Yeah. You know, like no, he's a fucking dick. Like, what were we all thinking? Oh, you know, if no, anything, dude. it should be, uh, you know, it should be Jamie kind of like looking, you know, thinking, oh my God, what's he doing? What's he getting up to? Right. You know, like what the hell? Like, what the hell is wrong with wrong? him? I need to shake <laughs> Oh. <laughs> um, we have a Gmail from Mag- I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing it right Magiana um, Hello ladies I finally listened to all of the episodes of your wonderful podcast Which I'm always like that's amazing Oh my god <laughs> no. and just- This is episode what, 205 <laughs> yeah. 206 That's a feat and decided to properly write a mail to express how much I've been enjoying them. I found you by watching one of Godot's YouTube videos, which I was just oh. wondering which one, if it was, we got some funny ones, some nice little adverts for us. <laughs> Yay, Godot! She makes awesome videos, so you should check them yeah. out if you haven't. Um, I was so excited. There's an actual podcast about my favorite ship in A Song of Ice and Fire. How could I not know about it? My first episode was Fanon versus Canon, and it was a blast. Since then, I've been wow. listening... <laughs> to your podcast at work and during painting. By the way, I've noticed that a lot of you reblogged my JB fan art a long time ago. Thank you. Coming back to the matter, you've brought me joy and made me laugh, but also really deeply think about one of my favorite book series. I must also say that your podcast was one of the few things that made me feel better when I had depression. Oh, that's cool. Um, not that you had depression, but that we sort of helped a little bit. <laughs> um, for that, I'm immeasurably thankful. Ladies, you are really intelligent, insightful, entertaining, and just awesome. I've listened to a lot of podcasts about Got, but none of them is match for you. You truly understand the characters and themes of this series, and I love it, as well as all your happy fangirling over Brienne and Jamie. Actually, you've made me fangirl over them even more than I did before. Yay. That's okay. <laughs> I love your Trunkcast episodes. Who doesn't? And RPG ones. Episodes on fan fiction prodded me to always leave comments. I must admit I was guilty of being a silent reader, but now I'm not. I've also stopped hating Shay thanks to this last episode. 
Uh, and Aww. on a final note, I really want to thank you for your hard work. I'm looking forward to new episodes. Um, I've mentioned the one on fanfics. Maybe one day you'll be making uh, making something about fan art or illustration in general. I'd love to hear your insight. It'd also be great to be your guest one day. Um, she says she's still not the best English speaker, so she has to wait. Uh, we don't mind. <laughs> You're welcome yeah, anytime. Really neither, <laughs> neither are we. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> she's yeah, I mean, I think like a fan art would be, I mean, we definitely have some really talented artists on the podcast. Yeah, and Clovo. Clovo and Lott. Oh, God, are, it's been know. so long. And, you know, I've seen commas. Uh, her stick figures are, you know, <laughs> yeah, really evocative. Tom does her um, photo shoots with her little, um, yeah. What are they called? The little crochet dolls? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, oh yes. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I can't think of the name either. Dang it. Yeah, but she does these the really cute little is, dolls. like one of the most prolific artists in oh, fandom. Oh yeah, Gosh. she's got so many gorgeous. Yeah. 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 That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. We could dig through some oldies but goodies. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like got. I don't know. I feel like that was like. I don't know for you guys, but for me, that was a lot of what really drew me into fandom at first, especially on Tumblr, was the artwork. So it kind of has mm. a really. I don't know. Yeah. Nice place. In yeah. Name. Yeah. There was a beautiful. We. I just. You know, if you're on our Twitter, I just retweeted a really a really nice piece of Jamie and Brienne art that I haven't seen before. So there's still some. You know. There's still people making art still happening yeah yeah that's a really good idea and appreciate the all the lovely compliments so and our last letter we have is from elise and hello ladies and gents if applicable i just listened to the most recent episode and it never occurred to me that shay might have hooked up with tywin intentionally to avoid becoming taisha 2.0 if book shay was aware of the danger she was in from both tywin and Tyrion, it makes a lot of sense it kind of makes her eventual betrayal seem less surprising than it, like it was in the show also, I sometimes forget the book tier. It is kind of the worst. So thanks for the reminder. Ha ha. As always, love your insights and discussion. Um, she says, keep up the great work and hang in there on your Tyrion marathon. Um, <laughs> yeah, she had a couple suggestions for episodes, which were, you know, were interesting. And also, I think she's going to be a guest, correct? Yeah. Cool. Yep, she's going to be a guest, I awesome. think, yeah. um, in a couple weeks, in fact. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to say, like, this has really changed. So when I was... One thing that we had talked about, um, promote Davos, the pi- the podcast Davos Fingers, they um, do a song of madness every spring to go along with the basketball tournament. And, you know, Jamie won it the first year and John won it last year. And we kind of talked about, or I had kind of talked about with them, like, hey, would you guys mind if I did like an all-lady one? Um, and I don't know if we'll do it or not, just because that seems like a lot of work to me. But... Um, <laughs> I was thinking about, like, wow, you know, a year ago, Shay would have been, you know, a character that I would have, you know, she would have been on the list, but it wouldn't have been someone that I was particularly, like, yeah. going to root for, going to seed really high or anything. And it's, you know, now I'm, like, much, I, I feel much more invested in the character, which is interesting, obviously, given, you know, we know what happens to the character. But, um, I mean, I think you guys have done such a good job about really kind of, Championing, championing her story, I think. You know, if nothing else comes from these Tyrion chapters, I really feel like there's a new appreciation of of Shay. Yeah. 
Agreed. And I yeah, also, well, I she's definitely like 13, have a new one, right? Like, I mean, she's really uh, young. I think I don't know how young she is. I probably don't want to even like think about that. God, that's another layer. <laughs> yeah. 16 or I've got either between 16 yeah. and 18, but not definitely not over 18. She's still a teen. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely a teenager. Yeah. She definitely seems and sounds like a kid. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, no, I have. I mean. I never hated Shay. I, I always kind of understood Shay, but she was just kind of like a non-thing to me. You know, I was never really mad at her for like, you know, I know right. a lot of people are mad at her, quote unquote, betraying Tyrion. I don't think I ever felt that, but I just didn't really care about her that much. But like at this point, I'm just like, oh my God, there are so many little things that George did put in there that indicate that Shay did have a lot more intelligence and everything that, and, you know, more honesty, quite frankly, than anybody ever gave her credit for. Right, and, you know, there's no, you know, no, no way in hell is Tyrion justified even a tiny bit for what he does to her. Yeah. Like, there's no justification in a million years yeah. for that. I mean, there wasn't before, but, I mean, there's certainly, yeah, I think there, there's it. nothing there, never there was. There never was, but I think we all just gave him the benefit of the doubt. We're like... Oh, he has a psychotic break. I, I mean, yeah. I think he does have a break. Look, the way that George writes it, I think he does have an actual, like, there's a crack. Like, you can yeah. almost see it in his psyche in the chapter. But the, the groundwork is so here. It's already, the groundwork is all there. I mean, it's been there since the minute he met Shay. The groundwork has been there that he could turn yeah. deadly yeah. violent against her. He is violent with her. He's already violent Slapped with her. her. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, threatening. Yeah. And if anything, it kind of makes me want to give George some more credit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, he really he does write Tyrion to be sympathetic, and it's, I haven't lost all of my sympathy for Tyrion. Don't get me wrong, but like, I just see him as just this tragic, irredeemably lost soul at this point. I mean, I like, mean, he really seems way more like Tywin, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> like when you actually, you know, boy, Jenna had the right of it. You know, yeah. like. He is, you know, he is mini Tywin. Like he's, he's using, he's evaluating and using all these people. And I think he's, he's got a lot more. Um, I think you know his position in the world has given him a lot more ability to read people than Tywin does, since Tywin's always dealing with people from a position of power for the most part. Or yeah, I mean, really, even from a pretty young age when he was hand of the, you know, he was hand of the king, so he's always kind of been on top. And, you know, Tyrion's never been on top. So I think, you know, Tyrion has a much better ability to read people and their motives than Tywin does. But they're both like mercenaries when it comes to, you know, when it comes to other people. Like, there's, yeah. you know, they are users, frankly. Well, yeah, they're able to make a calculus about yeah. human beings and the human beings who are closest to them, you know. Which, you know, as huge fans of Jamie, that's just something that we know Jamie, like... Imagine, I mean, you can't imagine Jamie behaving quite this way. I'm just really going to regret these words if George does get the book out. He strangles Cersei, but I mean, it's, but he's not he going to strangle Cersei time. out of a jealous rage. You know, no. like it's not going to be a crime of passion. It's going to no. be, I think, you know, it's a, like a mercy kill. Or to stop. Or the, to stop. Toys. Yeah, to stop. I, I yeah, just, stop I, you know, else. I mean, like, it's just, I don't know. Tyrion. Tyrion, Tyrion's always had issues, guys. Yeah. What is it? Con says his issues have issues. Yeah, he's he's got a subscription, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, oh, Tyrion. No joke. So, uh, any anything else? Uh, and or should we? Uh, I think. All right. Well, I am 
I'm closing the door. Get out. Get out.